Colorado Springs. Nearly 500,000 people. Olympic City, USA. Garden of the Gods. Pikes Peak. It's a growing city. Our local government has a lot of employees. What exactly do they do? How does it impact my life? This is where you find out. Behind the Springs, an inside look at your local government. Welcome back to another live broadcast of the Behind the Springs podcast. Today, the economic impacts from the COVID-19 pandemic are unprecedented, as we all know. But you may not know about all of the resources and support available here in Colorado Springs. Thank you for listening and watching live right now. This is on Facebook, and I'm Ted Scroback. I'm Jen Schrader, and we're fortunate um, today to have Dirk Draper as our guest on the episode. He is the president and CEO of the Chamber in EDC. That stands for Economic Development Corporation. And Dirk, thanks for joining us today. It's nice to be with you, Jen and Ted. Thanks for the invitation. We really appreciate it. And if you can start, we like to get personal on our podcast a little bit. If you can start by just introducing yourself, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're not from Colorado originally, but how you ended up here in Colorado Springs. You bet. I, uh, I grew up in Missouri. Um, and lived in southern Missouri for uh, a, a number of years and went to college there, but got to Colorado uh, in the early 1980s. I've been here for 37 years this fall, so I could put the bumper sticker on my car, not a native, but got here as fast as I could. Right. <laughs> and I'm one of those guys who um, came out on vacations, a family vacation out here in the 1970s. I was in the mountains uh, to the west of here up on uh, Rampart Range Road and uh, Gold Camp Road and family camps. And I thought, man, if I could live out here, it'd be fabulous. July in Colorado is much better than July in Missouri, I can tell you that. I have, yes, I know that for sure. So so then it's just, it's become home. It has definitely become home. I, I married a, a rancher's daughter. Uh, my wife grew up near Steamboat Springs, between Steamboat Springs and Winter Park. Her family still has a ranch along the Colorado River. And she and uh, all three of our kids are Colorado natives. One of our daughters is very proud to have a Pioneer's license plate on her car, oh, showing yeah. she's at least a third generation from uh, third generation Colorado. And my, my background is in economics. I'm an economist by training. I spent about 10 years as a commercial loan officer with United Bank way back in the day in northern Colorado, and then worked for about 20 years with engineering companies as a consultant, getting permits for projects that our engineers designed. And then the last five years, I've been at the head of the chamber in EDC and uh, very happy to be there and uh, make contributions to our community's growth. We'll jump into the, the chamber questions here in just a second. What's your one favorite thing? I know it's going to be hard to choose. Favorite thing about Colorado Springs? Mm. Favorite thing about Colorado Springs? Um, waking up every morning and getting a view of Pikes Peak and the, the changes. Uh, the, mountains, uh, the mountains speak to me, and so I enjoy our, our backdrop. Uh, very much. Can't beat it. Can't yeah. beat it. Yeah, you really can't. And uh, and still, even with a little bit of snow on top right now, Perfect. too. So uh, yeah. it's it's beautiful every day to wake up to, especially during uh, uh, what we're going through right now. But we're going to talk a little more about uh, uh, local businesses and what's happening right now. But first, I want you to talk about the mission of the Chamber in EDC. What is the Chamber in EDC, and how do you guys partner with the city? You bet, Ted. Um, our, our mission at the Chamber in EDC is to achieve economic prosperity for our region and act as a catalyst for business innovation and growth. And that really, we do that in, in four different ways broadly. One is to help grow high-quality jobs in our region, and that's to work with local companies as they grow and expand, and it's to help 
identify future companies who are interested in expanding or, or relocating and help convince them that Colorado Springs area, El Paso County, is a great place to, to do business. Second way we do that is advocating for business. Members of my staff are full-time working in government affairs with our local, state, and federal leaders to ensure that we have a business-friendly climate and business voice, the voice of business, is heard in those dialogues and debates about policy. The third area we work in is promoting our defense industry, and that's both the men and women in uniform who serve our country and the private sector companies. We have almost 260 private sector companies that serve the military here in El Paso County and making sure that we have strong relationships there. And then the fourth is the, the, the broad responsibility to cultivate a strong and inclusive business climate to make sure, again, that businesses can succeed here with the environment that we set. Ted, we're, uh, we work very closely with the city. I'll come back to that in just a second. But we are a private membership organization. We've got about 1,400 members who, uh, who contribute. Uh, the, the private sector companies in, in our region provide about 80% of our funding. And the other 20% comes from our public sector partners like the city and county and, and others like that. Um, we, we've got, as I mentioned, those 1,400 businesses that our members have about 70,000 employees. It's about almost a third of our workforce in this area. And 68% uh, of our members have fewer than 25 employees. So a very strong emphasis on small business in our membership and in, in the work that we do. Which people have been hearing a lot about right now and brings me to sort of this environment we're in um, that businesses find themselves. I know it's impossible to prepare for something like this, and it's something that no one's really been through. But your team seems to have done a great job, you know, in this short amount of time of gathering those resources on assistance for those businesses, whether they're large or small. Um and tell us about your effort so far. And I know it's been chaotic, but how it's gone. It's been chaotic for everybody. Yes. Businesses all, all the Everyone. way up to the to our county commissioners. It's It's been an unusual, very unusual time, unprecedented. Um, we've got a diverse staff, uh, 23 staff members who have expertise ranging from public policy to economics uh, to communications. And we know that one of our key roles is to be a collaborator in the community to help bring those resources together. So in the early days when companies needed funding, needed working capital as quickly as they could find it. We don't, we don't participate. We're not a source of those funding pools, so we made sure that we were a communicator about who was eligible and where were they and what, what kind of funding was available to help businesses, point businesses in that direction. The calls that we fielded asking about funding, we steered to the SBDC. We steered to uh, uh, Colorado, Survive and Thrive Colorado Springs. We steered to Pikes Peak, um, the um, Pikes Peak Community Foundation and all the local funding programs that were there. Because it was a little bit difficult to know where to, where to turn, you know, where to go. It's overwhelming. So to it, have all those resources in one place or um, a place to turn to, like Chamber and EDC, is helpful to it, folks. We, we try to be a one-stop shop, and if we can't answer or we can't provide the resources they're looking for, we, we do steer them elsewhere. One of the things we did early on, as many organizations did, is we set up a COVID-dedicated resource page. And and wow, I don't know how many pages it, it lists right now. I've, last time I looked, we had eight pages of information on our website, everything from funding sources to communication to who's your elected leader. And just so in, information um, made available to folks. Let's get into some of the questions I'm sure people that are watching or, or will be listening to the recording uh, are wondering. Obviously, we're seeing reopening happening uh, uh, somewhat slowly here, but um, I think the next kind of step is 
restaurants and some of these social gathering sort of places. What have you been hearing, Dirk? I know we were talking a little before we started recording about El Paso County. For people that don't know, their commissioners had submitted a variance to the state, which is the way that we have to go through this process if we want to reopen things faster than what the governor uh, has set a timeline for. So can you tell us a little bit about that variance and maybe what you're hearing from the uh, restaurant environment here? Yeah, Ted, good question. Um, this would be the second, this is the second variance that the county has submitted to the state for approval. The first one had to do with high school graduations, which was kind of a, um, a those are isolated incidents. The restaurant the variance is much more complex because it's about ongoing businesses and the diversity that we have in our food service industry here. Um, it, it's a big difference between fast casual and formal formal dining, and we've got a very robust sector in all those areas. So uh, to get a variance approved, well, the, let, let's start back up. The, the governor allows counties to submit variances that are different than what the state allows, either in time or in conditions, and they're considered there. To be submitted to the state, first it has to be approved by the county health department. Second step is the... Uh, the hospital systems in the county have to approve that variance. And then the Board of County Commissioners is a third local step uh, to approve that before it goes to the state. If all three of those bodies approve, then it goes to the state, uh, the governor's office, and the um, Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment. I'll call it CDPHE. Yes. We come back to that. Um, and, and then they make a decision uh, on those uh, local variances. The one for restaurants, we have worked, the, the Chamber and EDC has convened a group, a regional recovery council, to work with public health to ensure that the voice of business is heard in their deliberations, and it's been a very good partnership. Um, they have, uh, the county submitted that variance on Monday of this week. We haven't heard yet um, whether that's been approved, but we do know that the, the governor spoke to the state reopening conditions. Those aren't formalized yet, but he announced those in a press conference earlier this week and that they are forthcoming. So at the moment, as we speak, we're kind of in limbo right now. And I do understand that there are some differences between the, the county variance that was submitted and the governor's proposed um, guidance for opening restaurants. So that's that's to be determined. So what your role coming forward here will... Will you be helping those businesses determine, you know, what it looks like going forward and giving and offering more resources? I suppose we would help. Uh, we would help uh, provide the the conditions for reopening, communicate those. Right. Um, we have helped uh, last week, for example, by uh, providing some signage for re- restaurants, but other businesses as well that are able to open and are able to operate, and will operate in compliance with state and county uh, health department regulations that they are operating safely. And it's a, a, those are the signage that businesses can put up in their front door windows to build consumer confidence so that as I'm shopping, as you're shopping and you approach a business, you can see that they assert themselves that they're following those guidelines and to build consumer confidence. I mean, they're, they're not doing just things opening, the right way. they're yeah. opening responsibly. Well, and are, you exactly both, right. yeah. are you working closely with uh, the county's health department to link them with some of these businesses that might have questions about uh, how they can reopen and how they can do this properly and safely? Yes, the county is working with with us through our re- regional recovery council. We, we meet weekly and we've met in between those meetings as well on specific instances like the restaurant for variances. And, and the health department is also working with industry groups 
like the, the local chapter, the Colorado Restaurant Association was also involved. Downtown Partnership is involved. Visit COS. So they're getting lots of input, and they're open to, they're seeking this input from industry groups, um, specific to industries, as well as broadly across the community. And we are one of those that's a strong voice working with them. And Dirk, remind folks of your website, because if, if you're listening and you, and you aren't aware of some of the resources, you can go access them there. Also, you can, you can print out one of those signs and hang it in your front window if you're a business owner who is opening in a responsible way and wants your customers to know that. You, you bet, Jen. That's, and that's something we encourage all businesses, whether or not they're members of the chamber, to use this as a communication tool. Really encourage them to. Our website is CSC edc.com forward slash COVID hyphen 19. Okay. So Colorado Springs Chamber edc.com slash COVID hyphen 19 and you'll find our resources and you'll find those signs, communication tools and other things as they evolve as well. So on uh, our podcast that we've been doing basically weekly now, um, I, I don't like uh, if it seems doom and gloom sometimes throughout the, the entire uh uh, episode. So I want to ask you, and I've, I've asked some of our other, uh, um, uh, interview interviewees that we've had on here. Um, what are some of the positive stories that you've seen come out of this? Obviously a lot of our local businesses have had to pivot a little bit and you don't need to promote any, you know, singular businesses or anything like that. But what are some things that you go, gosh, I mean, maybe some of these, uh, they've pulled out some positive moments and positive transitions because of this, and it might be something sustainable in the future. I, I think business owners have shown remarkable creativity in responding to this. We were contacted by some business owners almost a month ago asking why local retailers, uh, why they weren't allowed to do curbside deliveries like some of the national retailers were. And, and essentially, the interpretation of the state guidance had created this um, uh, unlevel playing field, if you will. And so we worked with public health. We worked with some of those business owners to open a couple of weeks before the state did for curbside delivery for small retailers. The request um, showed creativity in their recognition of it and public health, their receptivity to that and willingness to recognize, yes, we can operate safely, I think shows their commitment to, to balancing health of um, uh, uh, the public health and our economic health as well and making very careful, um, carefully weighed decisions in the process. And that really is the balance everyone's trying to strike. Everyone right is trying to reach, Jen. How do you maintain optimism during this time of, we, we hope recovery, we hope we continue to move forward and things look good, um, but you know, how do you and the chamber maintain that? Some of it starts with just a base personality. I'm from the Chamber of Commerce. Of course, I'm an optimist, right. but I'm an, I'm, <laughs> right. an, I'm an economist and an ex-banker, so I'm not an optimistic realist, Right. I think. And we're watching data. Uh, mm. We're working with uh, medical experts. Uh, we're making careful data-driven decisions. And I think the community is working very well together to, to move forward where we can. I was going to mention you're a huge collaborator with the city, which is why you're here speaking to us today. I want to come back to that and too. Some points I want to give a shout out. you say that's something to point to? Ab- absolutely. I think, yeah. I think um, some reasons for optimism. Yeah, it's a, it's, a natural, um, it's a natural worldview that I've got, but there's really good reasons, well-grounded reasons behind that. Strong community leadership is one. I look at the leadership that Mayor Southers and our city council has provided our county commissioners have and how they're all working together in these regards, the, the county sharing CARES funding with the city and how the city is deploying that, um, the, just strong community recovery. 
uh, excuse me, strong community leaders will help with that recovery. We've got a great quality of life that will help us as people. Uh, we have access to the outdoors, so we, we are able to um, literally exercise some of those freedoms and, and be outdoors, which I think will also help us in future months and years after the pandemic passes. Uh, a lot of what we read in national press, national media is that mid-sized cities like ours are viewed very favorably by remote workers, by next generation workers who want to get out of the, um, the high density of urban areas on the coast and are looking for opportunities mid-continent in places like Colorado Springs. Our national press that we've gotten about great place to live, we, we, we all know that. It's not much the of secret's a secret out. here. We know that. Um, but, we're okay releasing the secret others, a little at this these point. These days, yeah. absolutely. We, we've shouted that from the, from the rooftops here. We also have a diverse economy with a lot of opportunity. A number of our strong industry sectors here in information technology, in software development, in defense industry have not been affected as much as some of our other industries. And that will pull us up faster out of this recession that we're in right now. We have a really smart, well-educated workforce that can pivot and retrain, and we're seeing our community organizations, the university, the community college, our workforce center, all pivoting to help reskill and upskill workers to, to address new opportunities, whether it's in the new, the new shape of our healthcare industry mm-hmm. or other industries that will, will emerge from this. So there's a lot of reasons for optimism for our, for our area. Well, and Dirk, I want to get back in, in a question here. So to uh, what I think you're going to hit on with working with the city, and I think we can talk a little bit about some future projects and, and really exciting things coming down the line. But I do want to hit on something that you were just mentioning about how we're an attractive place for remote working. Um, through this pandemic, have you seen that businesses are making somewhat of a change to understanding that maybe we can save some money doing remote working? I mean, for example, my wife has been working remotely. Uh, her entire company works remotely uh, for the past year. Um, that was the first, you know, firsthand experience I saw. And I go, wow, you know, you don't have any overhead costs of, of having a building and all of this. They can really put their money into their employees. Uh, is this, do you think because of this, it might kind of force a change to more remote work as technology has just improved uh, immensely over the past decade? We're living an experiment right now. Yes, yes. And I think the experience we have that was forced, we really didn't have a choice of how to respond to this. I'm, st- I'm still, by the way, I'm still amazed at how quickly businesses, the, uh, our local governments, other organizations made those changes. If you do, Just if, imagine if we would have had some time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and it's remarkable yeah. what's done and, and the work that's been able to continue during this period of time. Just think, I think that's a remarkable comment about flexibility and adaptability of the human, of the human mind. In what we're doing. Ted, I think we're living an experiment right now. And some of that, I'll be hesitant to say there's going to be permanent, what, what's going to be a permanent change. It's too soon to tell. We're just barely past the response and just really starting to think about recovery and in that transition. But I think we will, I think we will see some changes that are permanent. Um, a company I worked for before, a, a global engineering company headquartered in Denver, was going through a remote work uh, transition where if a new office opened, they just assumed that 20% of their workforce would work remotely. This, I think, has accelerated those changes. There, there's some risks. This is what will, some things will balance that. Yep. Company culture, 
knowledge management, skills transitions, and things like that. Um, some of that can't be done remotely or can't be done well remotely. So I don't know that we're going to see a virtual workplace um, everybody all the time, but I think we will see that in places and elements that, are, that occur. Well, it's always interesting uh, in, in the history of humans that some of the best advancements end up coming because of, of hitting a, a wall or a pandemic like this and, and really being forced to change uh, uh, on a dime. But uh, speaking of changing on a dime, uh, let's talk about the future of, of Colorado Springs and uh, looking past this pandemic. Uh, talk a little bit about you working with the city and you were saying one of the big things that Chamber and EDC does is uh, is try to attract both small businesses and um, fantastic businesses like in and out I'm from Arizona, so I'm uh, very excited about that, and I'm sure you've heard. And, uh, and talk about some of these great, uh, great jobs that you guys have done to, uh, to help. Uh, which, is it really a hard sell to get people to come to Colorado Springs? I guess that's yeah. where to start. It's a nice position, right? It, it is a nice position to be in. And as I go to economic development conferences and talk with my peers in other organizations, they just kind of get this, many of them get this wistful look of, mm. We wish we had the, the assets yielded to work with. Yep. And again, the national and rankings. And those aren't going anywhere. That. So that is another positive. You that, know, we still have that that selling point. Absolutely right, Jen. The, the city is absolutely one of our most important uh, partners in the work that we do. If you go, in fact, if you go back before the, the Great Recession, back to the early 2000s, um, the city did a lot of this economic development work on their own. Uh, had a larger department, a larger budget than they do today. And through the recession, they outsourced a lot of that work to the chamber and EDC. We have so many points of contact with the city and so much communication, collaboration together. Just a couple of examples. Um, a couple of examples. Uh, my board chair and I meet every quarter with the mayor and his chief of staff. Our board's executive com uh, committee of uh, seven members meet with city council on a quarterly basis, just to have an unscripted, candid dialogue about how things are working in the community. My economic development team meets on a monthly basis with partners in the city's economic development de department and Colorado Springs Utilities and the county and a couple of other partners on a monthly basis to, to talk about projects to make sure that they're proceeding apace and we're making the progress that we need to. We work with the economic development team. It, it's a rare day somebody in my office isn't talking with Bob Cope or Yemi Moblade or Chelsea Gaylord and, and our counterparts in, inside the city to talk about projects. And those conversations are going to be even more critical as we proceed here through this yeah. time. I, I think the, the website we jointly launched um, last year, causeopenforbiz.com, will continue to be important uh, during these days as businesses recover and seeing what what new things emerge. And quickly just describe what that uh, website is. It's, it's kind of a roadmap for people who are, uh, who are interested in, um, in opening new businesses or relocating their small businesses where they don't need a lot of assistance to come to Colorado Springs. It's a very cool website, so definitely go and, uh, and visit it. If you're an entrepreneur here, getting ready to try to open up a, a, a business yourself. Uh, yes, that's correct. We've, um, if I go back to the four areas uh, we work that, that are in our mission, our relationship with the city is woven through every single one of those. If we talk about job creation, we can talk about projects we worked on um, helping local companies expand like uh, Int Credit Union and Red Leg Brewing and BombBomb, uh, Bomb, three very different companies, uh, but all locally based and all have are in growth modes right now where the city's been a key partner, whether it's providing some, uh, some incentives for their growth or helping with uh, rapid response for planning, but keeps their projects on track. 
with attraction projects like Amazon, uh, the distribution center that opened last year, and the major distribution facility that's under construction right now. And as you mentioned, Ted, In-N-Out Burger. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> my, my daughter made her made a first trip after she graduated high school, uh, did a road trip out to California with a friend, and she came back and said, Dad, when In-N-Out opens, you're going to have to add another lane to I-25. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's Might right. be true. Well, and I hear uh, uh, Denver wasn't too pleased, right, that, that we were able to, to snag the, the main uh, – uh, distribution plant right for for them because they have to build a distribution center first and then they start building their restaurants correct that's correct yeah we got some puzzled uh puzzled phone call or i'd say phone calls from puzzled um teammates in the denver metro <laughs> how would you guys do that why are they there yeah. don't underestimate us that's yeah, exactly right, right. well Dirk, we appreciate you letting us um have you here and giving us your time i know it's a busy time for you and we appreciate your partnership with the city so much Jen, thanks for the invitation. Uh, to you and Ted, it's been a pleasure being with you this morning. And uh, one more point of contact between us and the city. Happy to help with this and look forward to future conversations. Yeah, and if you okay. didn't hate us too much, we're going to try to drag you back on, hopefully once uh, once this is over, and then we can talk more uh, about yeah recovery and, and some of these other great projects that are going on because I think there's a lot of exciting work, and I'd love to put this pandemic talk behind us and, and keep – grinding towards the future of Colorado Springs. But we won't for now. We'll have more podcasts about Exactly. This. We, we <laughs> we'll will, keep you uh, informed. Yeah. We will continue to keep you informed. Jen, you want to uh, tell listeners and viewers uh, some of those credible sources we to go to? We just want to remind you to please feel free to follow City of COS on social media and then also um, the El Paso County Health Department, which was mentioned a lot. Um, El Paso County, um, you can also uh, follow a lot of our city departments, the police department and fire department for some of those some of that important information as we move through this. And of course, visit um, the Chamber and EDC website to get some of those great resources assigned for your window of your business, if you would like. Um, And if you have any questions or topics that you would like us to address behind the springs at coloradosprings.gov is our email address. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening and watching. If you're watching live on Facebook, uh, thank you very much again to Dirk Draper from the Chamber and EDC. We will be back with another episode next week talking about city finances. So make sure that you're joining in live on Facebook or subscribing, rating, and liking the Behind the Springs podcast. Thank you very much.